Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Victory Bells podcast, brought to you from right here in the Hypnotic Donuts studio. I'm your host, Will McKay, right here from the LBK, and as always, joined by my main man, Matt Clare, from down there in the Dirty Third in H-Town. What's going on, Matt? Hey, nothing much, Will. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, hanging in there, getting ready to uh, rock and roll this weekend. We've got uh, what you would call quite the, the smorgasbord on uh, on tap this weekend in uh, Texas Tech Athletics, I would say. Yeah, got a lot going on. Got a undefeated. Is it still undefeated baseball team? And yep, uh, four games yeah. set this weekend. Men's basketball back in town and uh, spring practice starting for football. So uh, still the long off season wait, but uh, gonna see some action here on, on practice. Live action. Live action. So Yay. we are gonna gonna get to see a little bit of that uh, this weekend, and uh, I, I would guess we probably don't actually get to see anything, but we'll at least talk to the coach. Right, I was going to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, uh, we, we don't get to much see much, and, and I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of that, but it is what it is. Uh, I get it. Um, everybody's kind of doing it. I understand, but uh, regardless, going to have spring practice starting this weekend, and, and it's been funny, Matt, that I think that because of how good basketball's been and how good baseball is, this is kind of the quietest start we've had to spring football in a good long while. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just yeah. Funny. I would say though, I guess the there's the easy article to to write or the easy you know commentary to make is you know you got your quarterback, your battle at quarterback, and you've got. Uh, a lot of starters back on defense, and then you've got all your starters back on the offensive line. So, I mean, really going into this, the the big takeaways are, uh, you know, what do you what do you do uh, up the middle on the defensive line? Who kind of takes that spot? And then really above and beyond that, um, what do you do uh, at running back and quarterback? So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, you, I think obviously you're placing a lot at wide receiver, but uh, based on you know what tech's known for and how many guys they've got in there uh you do expect them to have uh you know uh, some guys if you will at that position that can step up yeah there's no doubt about it and and to me with this spring it's the funny deal is is that there won't be much talk about the defense this spring as weird as that is to say just because other than replacing mike thomas at nose i mean you you return literally every other starter at every other position on you know on defense i wonder when the last yeah i wonder when the last time that you could even come close to saying that was right that's pretty wild Man, i I would guess maybe that 2009 defense and even then you replaced a couple of guys on that group um and they got better but oh yeah but i i feel like it's just a funny spring because all your question marks are on offense As, as crazy as that is to say around here uh never really the case but you know who all your starters are on the offensive line. 
but I think at, at running back you have Trey King, but other than that, you're trying to figure out some answers, and maybe those answers don't get here till this summer when you get Sir Roderick Thompson and uh, Tajon Henry in here. So that'll be an interesting thing there. And then at receiver, you've got you know TJ Vasher, but as far as like legitimate big-time answers, I think everywhere else you're kind of wondering who the guys are that steps up, you know, because you're going to have two brand-new starters on the inside at, at either H or Y, both positions, uh, and then at X, you know, Quan Shorts probably will start, but you didn't see a ton of him last year, so mm-hmm. uh, it's just going to be one of those springs, I think, where there's just a lot of unknown, and that includes, obviously, receiver, running back, and quarterback, all three. Yeah, so, I mean, again, like you said, it's uh, it's getting started, and it's kind of been a little bit under the radar, but uh, you guys in Lubbock will will get some time there to, to at least take a peek, and uh, I mean, I think that's, you know, obviously what you guys are going to be looking for, most likely quarterback first and foremost running back you know is daily on word out there taking reps yeah. um and then really the same thing you know we talk about mikhail and thomas leaving uh on one side there's daily on word at running back if you could have big joe thomas there in the middle then problem yeah. solved right so uh and, and and then again it's only the spring right you gotta stay on the straight and narrow through the spring make good grades through the summer all that good stuff and all the ebbs and flows of that but uh you know the, the roster's looking healthy the roster's looking deep and uh it'll be kind of fun uh, Duffy and the the other guys at quarterback, but you know, notably Duffy, just get back out there, see what he can do, see what he looks like. Yeah, because the thing is, I mean, you we really haven't seen him in action really in in any kind of major role as a Red Raider. I mean, you saw him in September he'd get a couple snaps in season opener, but other than that, you haven't really seen him. So I, I'll be curious to see what we get out of him and, and what that looks like as far as him as your quarterback because. Uh, I, I think that anytime we get a peak in spring practice, I'm going to certainly take notes of, you know, who's, you know, getting the most looks with the first team. Is it a back and forth 50, 50 deal? Is it, is it McLean Carter or Jet Duffy that Howdy has an, an edge, you know, even early on in the spring. So, uh, we'll, we'll find out, but yeah, just, just, just excited to find out what happens at that position. And I think next, I'm just really excited to see how different does this offense look with Kevin Johns' influence on it. I would guess this spring it's not as much uh, because you kind of throw him in here just a month and a half into you know hiring him. But still, I, I'm just curious to see if you can see any kind of difference in the offense with, with him having his hand on it a little bit already, you know? Yeah, that's another thing going into it. And, and I think that's what we kind of wanted to do today is this is Thursday afternoon we're recording this, and they've just now uh, – the uh the, the final hire if you will on the coaching staff and now all of that's complete uh so i guess we could transition into that and just yeah. kind of do an overview of of uh, who all they have yeah so this afternoon texas tech makes the announcement that they've hired a, a new special teams coach in adam shire I'm, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it uh who was at ohio state last year at the kind of an off-field role uh but before that was at wake forest where he was both the uh, tight ends coach and the special teams coach. Uh, and he's, he's had quite a few stops in here because before that he was at Bowling Green in kind of the same uh, same role as special teams and as, as like I said, uh, doing tight ends. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, if that's a hire you made because of his kind of background, not only in special teams but with tight ends, seeing as if you kind of go in the direction here of Kevin Johns' offense more, he uses tight ends all the time, so that, that's what I want to know is is maybe while while his title is only special teams, I mean there's going to be some time where he has other things to do. So I I, I just want to know if if he's going to coach tight ends here at all. 
yeah, they got to get some and they've got to uh, give them some guys to work with. But it but it kind of goes in line with, you know, we had these conversations before they had hired someone. And most of the time you don't just have a special teams coordinator, uh, excuse me, coordinator. And, and that alone. Yeah, they, they usually have that slash tight end coach's role. And so, um, you know, the, the, it's kind of a dual thing. So I'll be interested to see how that comes out and I'd be interested to see you know how much he soaked in from that urban meyer system and that recruiting machine they have yeah. up there because I mean, obviously it's easier much easier to recruit at a higher level at ohio state um but just you know at the end of the day this is what we cover this is what we care about yeah we want a, the team to to make their field goals and and punt well and kick well and all that but but people want to see recruits too so yeah. be interested to see you know what his background is there and what he'll bring to the table there because no offense to Joe Robinson, but I mean, there just wasn't anything there. And I don't think you can afford to have a coach on staff that doesn't bring anything to the table when it comes to recruiting. So um, that's what I'm most interested in. Yeah, I mean, me too. I I, I want to know just what this looks like with him as, as your final assistant hire here. And I guess that's really what we wanted to touch on too, is that you've now completed your whole staff. So now you have uh, coach Kingsbury is your head coach. You, you have your 10 assistants, and then you still obviously have Rusty Wood as your strength coach. So I guess for you, Matt, when you look at this group as as a whole, what kind of stands out to you about this this just group of coaches that, that's kind of so different than it's been in the past? Uh, I mean, it's a hard question to answer just on the whole. But, I mean, the thing that stands out is that I mean, you've got not necessarily more experience. You just have more tenure, right? I mean, you've got, for the first time in forever, you've got a defensive coordinator that's been here for several years. He's got his number two, uh, which is, uh, you know, Coach Spav, and and he was promoted to uh, the co-defensive coordinator today in title. So now he's co-defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach slash recruiting coordinator. So uh, more than likely a pay bump for him and uh, just a, a reward for that loyalty and that continued improvement. Um, to me, that speaks volumes. But, you know, then you add Clay Jennings. I wrote the article on him, and I don't know if you could have found somebody with more experience in and around the state of Texas um, and, and just coaching DBs in general. Um, and then you add to that uh, the, the fact that um, – Coach McGuire's been at Tech, knows Tech, and, and wanted to come home. You know, I thought that was a good addition, and, and I'm eager to see, you know, how he can get out and recruit. Um, but, I mean, more so, you just – I think – I don't know. For for all the the stuff that people may or may not have said about Coach Morris in the past, maybe, you know, like we talked about before, maybe it's just good to get another voice in that room. I guess – them kind of agreeing on everything all the time offensively uh, because they had worked together for so long. Right. I think coach John's in there and just, you know, not necessarily, I don't anticipate that we're sitting here during the season and the offensive has, has just changed so much. Um, but I think it's good to kind of get a new mix of guys in there and, and you're not just hiring guys that barely have experience, you know, you're finding some good guys and clearly they took their time and, and you know, what they wanted to do here made sense. So, um, I'm a fan, and I'm I'm glad to see that they've finalized all this, especially before spring practices get started. Yeah, I, I'll just say, you know, obviously, like I said, glad that they got it done before you start spring practices here. But the thing that really has always jumped out to me about uh, 
uh, about this staff, and it does so adding Coach Shire here. I, I feel like you've added a ton of just age and experience to the staff that you didn't have before. I, I mean, Shire's a guy that I believe you know has, I, I think, almost like 15, 20 years of, of coaching experience, uh, 22 years coaching experience. Uh, you talk about Clay Jennings has 20-plus years. You talk about the same thing with, obviously, uh, David Gibbs. In fact, I don't think there's anybody on your staff that in one way or another doesn't have a decade-plus in coaching. So I, I, I just think that's that's just something that really has jumped out to me is that once you add up all the, the years of experience, it just blows away what you've had on the staff in the past. Wouldn't you agree? No, I'd agree. I mean, I just think all this put together – and you know, we've talked about it before. Um, winning on the field cures all. And I think that the coaches at the top have gotten the roster to to really where they want it to be. And uh, I think it all starts and ends at that quarterback position on offense. And, and we'll see how that goes going into the season. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, you're prepared to have 10 starters back. You're prepared to have an offense or, excuse me, a defensive coordinator back for his fourth season, which is unheard of uh, around here. And and now he's got his number two guy, another promotion, and he's back for a fourth season. So I think you look across the roster, not only do they have 10 starters coming back, but they have depth. And like we said, if they can plug up the middle and find a solution there, uh, then look out, right? Because I, I really do believe, um, and, and most fans would probably agree, if you can get what you got out of the defense and they can make some, you know, slight improvements, but you can, you know, have, uh, I guess, more consistency on offense and, and take some advantage of some of these situations you had this year. I mean, it truly is a difference between winning six or eight games. And I think that would be a huge step in the right direction for this program. And, you know, at the end of the day, what I care about is recruiting. So not to beat a dead horse, but that's what I'll go back to is these guys are all new guys. We don't know them, uh, but it, but but we're going to get into the junior day stuff is is how do you you know, how do you kind of drop the hammer when it comes to recruiting? How aggressive are they going to be? Uh, how, how are they going to hold on to guys compared to having this conversation last year? They had all these great commitments and none of them ended up signing with tech, literally zero of them. Yeah. Um, and we had even a situation where there were 19 verbals before the season started. And a lot of those guys didn't sign with Texas Tech. So um what we say now, boards we put together now, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you want to see how these guys recruit and you want to see how they do that against guys in the Big 12 and any other school that's coming into Texas. You want to be a part of that conversation, right? When we talk to a kid, you want them to mention Texas Tech. You want them to mention a coach's name. And, uh, you know, we just haven't had a lot of that over the past year or so. And I know that that's a reflection of, you know, not having a ton of success on the field. Uh, but it's also, you know, the quote unquote, the game, right? I mean, you yeah. gotta, you gotta get in the game. You gotta do it. Uh, whether it's silly or not, you know, edits and tweets and, and, and DMS and consistent communication. It's just gotta be there. Uh, because more often than not, a kid is, you know, whether it's right or wrong, a kid is not committing to the, the school itself. They're committing to that position coach. So, You've got to be just rigorous when it comes to recruiting these days. The, the game has completely changed. No, I, I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. I, I think that, uh, I mean, what does it say? I don't know, we've, we've talked about it a little before, but what does it say when Nick Saban's in some 17-year-old's living room, a 65-year-old man, and he's doing the Cupid shuffle? 
to get a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the kind of thing you ought to do. I mean, what does it say that as goofy as he may look, whenever you know that uh, you know Chad Morris at Arkansas is doing all these these like poses with all these kids and all these pictures that they do from junior days at Arkansas. I mean, it's like you said, it's just completely changed over the last, you know, two or three years. And it, you, you just got to learn how to roll with it, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to talk about it because I think that that is exactly what they want. But then you've got these coaches now that are very boisterous on Twitter and and sort of skate the rules. And we even saw that like three years ago. It's like, talk to a baller from the 214 tonight, you know, yeah. and all that stuff. But that's been going on, you know, for years. And and the bottom line is is if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, but that stuff's so stupid. What's well, it's the same thing we talk about with uniforms. It's not for you. It's for the 17 or 18 year old kid, and in most cases, 16 year old kid that's a junior. It, it's about them. It's about what they want. And this is what you gotta do. So I mean, it's it's twofold for me, right? I mean, hire good coaches because they can coach and they can coach kids up. That's most important. But this day and age, you also have to be able to put that recruiting hat on and 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 get to work. And the cool part uh, about Jennings and McGuire is those are guys that were already recruiting the state of Texas. Those are guys that have recruited the state before and kind of understand, you know, exactly where to go and what it takes. So that's a huge plus. I, you know, we didn't get the high school hire, um, but I mean, you you already still, you know, you have that guy with Emmett, um, and and I just think that it it. Uh, from covering the team over the past couple of years, maybe the philosophy kind of changes and moves around from what does. I mean. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, as, as the coaching cha- uh, coaching staff changes over, you go from a model where, okay, I cover uh, half of Dallas or I cover South Dallas or I do this or I do that. I cover Houston. I cover West Texas, you know, to, I cover my position group, yeah. you know, so there's different schools of thought there and I'm sure there's different ROI to, to certain efforts. Um, but I guess it, it'd be a good time in the conversation to transition over to the junior day because compared to maybe yeah. last year and to what we were initially told is, well, we don't usually have junior days. Uh, we're not sure what we're going to do here now in, in, uh, to with the kickoff you're going to have a junior day and it's not just a handful of kids. I mean, I think we're looking at, you know, 20 plus kids over the next uh, couple of days on Saturday or Sunday that are going to be in Lubbock. And a lot of that stems from, you know, I guess what I want to clarify is, you know, remember this time of year when you say, when you see a kid uh, say, you know, you know, blessed to receive an offer from Texas tech. Well, you know, your top line guys, your, your guys that are no brainers. Yeah. That's a probably 100% legit offer. Some of these other guys, it's, it's, you know, it's an offer, but it's contingent on them taking an unofficial visit to Lubbock or them, you know, showing up to a camp that the coaches are participating in. You know, little things like that. It's not just a no doubter that they're going to receive an official office or excuse me, official office, official offer come, you know, August 1st. So yeah. there's a couple different layers to that, but I just think it's all about uh, consistency. And at the end of the day, right, I mean, we're talking about all this, but it's a really fun time of year because you got junior days. And then flash forward to a couple weeks, we'll be in Dallas for Rivals Camp. Week after that, we'll be in Houston for Rivals Camp. So it should be a lot of fun, and, and I'm really excited to to get out there. And not only just Rivals Camp on Sunday, but even the Combine on Saturday where you've got some of your underclassmen or maybe some of your under-the-radar guys that we'll be able to get out there and see. And, um, you know, you start to see it separate, right? Because, you know, Tech's going to pick and choose their battles where they want to uh, really – 
roll their sleeves up and compete for some of these higher ranked guys. But I think what you'll see, especially with some of the rule changes for 29 is, you know, some of these top guys are going to make their decisions or they're going to go to the Texas's or the A&M's or the Alabama's of the world. And then we're going to start to sift through, you know, some of that next level of talent or some of these guys that really tech is focused in on. And so, um, I think all of that will really start to show itself here over the next month. No, I agree with that. And, and like you said, I think that starts this weekend um, because you obviously have a bunch of guys in this weekend with offers, but you also have a big group of guys in that don't have offers that they're looking at or interested in. Uh, they, they just are at least curious about. So, yeah, Matt, let's just kind of jump into this weekend overall. Uh, you know, Tech didn't really do this last year as far as having a big junior day, and uh, I think we've confirmed with 23 kids. Would not surprise me if there's 30-plus here this weekend. Um, but we've kind of confirmed with all of Leaks, the key kids, I would say, they're going to be here this weekend. So just kind of what sticks out to you about having this weekend, uh, especially when they haven't done it in the past and they decided to do it this year? Um, I mean, I think what sticks out is – um, if we were just to go through this list and pull out some of the top guys and some of the guys that are, you know, when I say top guys, the, the guys that, that uh, the average fan on our board would get excited about, I mean, you got a grab bag of, of a little bit of everything. But most of all, when I look at this list, I see offensive line and defensive line. And, and I see some pretty impressive uh, talent on the offensive side for skill players. So I don't know. It, it, all this is a numbers game. So with this many kids coming in town and this many kids getting to see Lubbock, uh, and another thing that, that we haven't talked about is now the, the indoor is a, is a polished product. The the locker room is a polished product. So you are now you know on par you know with these kids spending their money to get out here. You're on par with the Joneses, so to say, right? I mean, you have all the toys. You have all this stuff. And um, it just takes a kid, just like when we were visiting colleges, you know, uh, it just takes one visit, it just relationship for them to say, hey, this is a place for me. And so with for me, um, you've got all of these offensive linemen coming in. You've got all of these, you know, defenders and defensive linemen coming in with a couple of really impressive uh, skill guys on the offensive side of the ball. It would not surprise me at all if Tech walked away with one or two verbal commitments after this weekend. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. It would not surprise me either, depending on how things went. But uh, I, I just think it's it's cool that they're going to have one of these big weekends like everybody else is doing, uh, where, where I think you just really get a chance to, especially I think with what's going on, obviously you're starting to spring football, but I don't know where all they're going to take them. But you have, like I said, a huge weekend going on in baseball and a huge weekend going on in basketball. And I think it's just really a time you can just kind of, you know, insert those guys into, you know, Texas Tech athletic culture, period. And I don't know if they're going to take all these guys to the basketball game, but I think that certainly would be, you know, a great opportunity to to show those guys around and uh, really have them experience what I think things are like when things are going well in Tech athletics, you know. I I just think that would be a a great opportunity for them. But, yeah, overall, I think just that kind of an an experience for these guys, wouldn't you agree? I would agree, and – um, they're probably putting it together on the fly, right? I mean, especially we, we mentioned uh, Adam Shire, right? I mean, he's going to be thrown right into the fire because he's going to be here. He's going to be, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, you know, right away, right? So, um, 
I mean, we talk about that synergy. I mean, these coaches are probably already started to spend a lot of time together. But um, the interesting, I think uh, the Tech Football uh, Twitter page had posted kind of like an agenda. And so they're going to watch the practice and then they're going to actually join the position group meetings. And so, I mean, that'll be pretty important uh, part of the visit, in my opinion, and uh, something that'll be a good topic of conversation to have with a lot of these recruits is, you know, what were their impressions? What did they think? You know, uh, what were some of their thoughts? Just, you know, being able to kind of be a fly on the wall for some of those meetings and, you know, getting to interact with those coaches and the players as well. Yeah, which is really cool. I, I, I think that's just an interaction that you don't get on a lot of these visits, uh, especially these ones in the spring where you're going to have, you know, like, like I said, 30 plus kids in. But at a lot of other places, I mean, these are like 50 plus player events, wouldn't you say, Matt, where it's just kind of almost like herding cattle a little bit. Yeah, and we've always talked about that, and and myself covering other schools, I've talked to kids that, you know, oh, yeah, I was at the Baylor Junior Day, or I was at the Texas Junior Day, and, I mean, I said hello to a coach, but, I mean, just part of a a really large group, right? Um, And and so they noticed that stuff, and so, uh, you know, having a smaller group, doing that intentionally, um, and and really, you know, if we want to fast forward a week, if if you – if the coaches really want to, they'll roll out the red carpet like they're going to do for Jacob Zeno and and maybe some of their other top targets and say, hey, you're coming on a separate day. We're going to spend a lot of time with you. You're going to yeah. watch practice. You're going to spend time with the quarterback, so on and so forth. And I really think that's the way Tech's always played it, and I do not blame them for that. So so logistically, you know, geographically, and then just philosophically, they don't want to play that game. Because, you know, they would rather do that. Like, take Myler Royals, for example. I know he regionally it's easier for him to get to Lubbock. But that's a kid that, you know, he didn't do it junior day or anything like that. But what is an unheralded thing is a lot of underclassmen are given, you know, entry to actual football games during the season. And to me, that's much more uh, of a, a beneficial, unofficial visit, if you will, um, yeah. than, than a kid just coming for four hours on a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, in the off season. So I think it'll be good for them to continue that. And, and yes, I mean, that's just the big tech and some of these other schools where, you know, if we talk about specifically like a Baylor or a Texas, they're centrally located. We've talked about it before. Mom and dad wake up 6am, 7am, you hop in the car, grab some breakfast. You're there in a couple hours. You do everything. You get back in the car, you're home for dinner or, or to, you know, go to bed that night and, and that's it, right? You go about your weekend. Yeah. When you drive out to Lubbock, you can't do that unless you're just like going full warrior mode and you want to just drive for eight and a half hours, nine hours in one day. I mean, you're just, you're just not. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just a different thing and circumstances are different because of, uh, because of where it is. But I think it is a better thing. I think that by doing that, and we've always talked about it, that I, I think it works out for Tech in the long run a lot of times just because – Whenever you come out to Lubbock for any of these visits, you, the, a lot of these kids always say, you know, the coaches paid attention to me. I, 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 it was personable. I, I, I really got a feel for what the football program is. Whereas a lot of these other junior days, unless you're just a top target, like a big-time target, it's one of those things where the, you might show up. And like you said, Matt, like a, a kid might say, say two words to a coach. But that's usually it, and they just kind of herd them on through. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see – uh, you know, what we get from this weekend. But but I guess just kind of moving on here quickly, Matt, what is it about this weekend? What, what guys specifically kind of jump out at you from this list? 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. So um, definitely along the offensive line, you've got guys in town that you've offered and that you've recruited for a while. So I, I can't just pick one guy on the offensive line, but if I had to, you know, for podcast purposes, I would go back to Trevor Robinson just because he's so intriguing at 6'11". You don't see that every day. He's local, and although he's gotten the offers from a USC and some other larger programs, uh, I think you can really hammer in that location and the ability to to play in this offense and to to you know truly thrive uh, because I think they have a roadmap for that with offensive linemen. But I have to give a shout out to the other guys that are coming in town because we listed them on the big board. We listed them as guys that have been in touch with the staff. And and you know you look at last year, you look at what Coach Smith was able to do with the offensive line. You know when he gets guys in town, when he talks to them, when he sells them on on what he's doing here. He had a lot of success recruiting. I mean, and and it was pretty straightforward. And he had his whole group pretty much sewn up before the season started. So yeah. it would not surprise uh, me at all to to see a commitment. I don't know exactly who that would be, uh, but it would not surprise me whatsoever. Um, the other part of this that I would say is you're getting Jaden Jernigan back in town. He didn't strike me as a guy that's going to commit anytime soon, but he just has great things to say about Texas Tech, and he's going to be back in town. Um, you got another defensive end in Torian Carter. So between those two, it's kind of hard to pick, uh, but everybody likes defensive linemen. So, you know, you're happy to see those guys come in town. I mentioned the offensive skill players. So there's two guys I'm going to call out on the offensive side. But I guess before I move to uh, offense, I don't know much about these guys, but you've got uh, twins that are both outside linebackers. That's intriguing to me just because, you know, of that situation and learning more about their situation. I think Maitland had published a story today. Yeah, don't, Um, don't find very many twins in, in football like that. Well, that are both outside linebackers, both yeah. like rated three stars, both getting college interest. I mean, that's pretty unique. Um, so anyway, that that's all I'll say is, is I'm interested in those. Now, moving to offense, I mean, you've got some pretty talented guys coming to town. The guy that intrigues me the most, he's listed as a tight end, but I would imagine that they are, you know, talking to him about a, a kind of a little bit of a mix between outside receiver and tight end is Namdi Adim Madumir. And Good so time. I hope. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, but he, he is is definitely intriguing because he's a big guy. Like I said, you can kind of look at him to play both. But 6'3", 218 pounds, probably still growing. And he's already received an offer from Texas A&M. He has an offer from Texas Tech. Uh, so very interested to get his feedback on the weekend and just to see, you know, maybe – how high they're prioritizing him. I know I wrote the story about Nolan Matthews from his visit last week. So those two are very much in the same mold and maybe Namdi is higher on the board. We'll find out when we get that feedback. Um, But the other guy is Keandre street and he's from John Tyler, which produces D one guys every year. Um, I'll be out in East Texas again for that camp. I'm sure I'll run into him, Uh, but very athletic six, one, you know, one eighty ish type of guy. That, that can definitely, you know, come in and play that X role. And then the the last guy I'll mention on offense is uh, you've got another West Texas guy, Amarillo Tascosa running back King Duro. Duro, I hope that's how you say it. But yeah. he's got offers from A&M. He's got offers from Baylor. He's got several other offers. So maybe that allure of leaving West Texas will be hard to, to beat. But we'll see what Coach McGuire can do. And I would imagine – 
looking across the board and, and just looking at his build and his uh, recruitment overall, that he's got to be one of your top targets. So be interesting to get those guys feedback. And, you know, again, even saying this all out loud, I mean, I want to get your thoughts too, but even yeah. saying all this out loud, uh, Will, I mean, it's a numbers game. I mean, it like, would it surprise you if they walked out of here with a couple verbals? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all because of how many guys you have in town this weekend. And I, I, I mean, I think that, Obviously, the offensive line is where I think you feel the best about things, and then from there you, you just kind of move on. I mean, like I said, with a guy like King uh, Daru or however you pronounce it, I I, I don't quite know yet. But uh, him, he being a Tascosa kid, you know, is, is he super interested in tech? Uh, what does a guy like Torian Carter think about whenever he comes out here, who's a defensive end for Mansfield Legacy? Uh, what do you get out of him and, and see from him? And then maybe too, the thing that I'm also very interested in seeing. You've got a handful of DBs in here that don't have offers that I like their type of. Uh, Jared Hopper from Dallas Roosevelt, uh, Chase Cromartie from Cibolo Steel, and then Trey Flewellen from uh, from Gilmer. So I, I think that this, this this staff has always been very specific with their DB offers and even the guys they target. So, I, I mean, I'd probably be surprised if at least one of those guys didn't come out of the weekend with an offer, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. And did you mention Markel Reed out of Temple? I did not. No, that's another one. I actually missed him. Yes, that was another one I was going to mention. The only reason I was going to mention him is it was funny. It was I want to say it was like maybe three or four weeks ago, and I hop on Twitter and and he had announced his commitment to Baylor, comma. But my recruitment is still open to all schools, and so I don't know. That was quickly deleted. And so I'm interested to really kind of dig in a little bit more. I don't know what all him and Colt have talked about, but I know that's going to be in the RRC tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, kids do that, right? And, and better to back out um, than to, you know, eventually put up the old notes app decommit. So, yeah. um, you know, see, see what happens there, right? I mean, Temple's a, a pretty good pipeline for Baylor. But, uh, you know, again, like I talked about with Darrow, maybe that's a kid that just wants to kind of get out and, and do his own thing. So, um, yeah, I'd agree with you. I haven't had enough time to really go in and watch huddle. Um, but that's what I was kind of referring to later, right? I mean, Texas Tech doesn't need the Rivals 100 uh, DB. They don't need to go battling against an A&M or whatever else. They need to find guys that they really believe in. And then secondary to that, you know, you look at Clay Jennings. He's had some time now to be on staff. He's had some time to to use the, the time on the road in January to, to really go out and see these guys, learn more about them, build some relationships. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens there because you'll be looking at his first commitment if he's able to land someone. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, overall, though, for this weekend, I think the thing is there's just lots of targets that you're not just kind of like, well, I don't know. There's lots of players that you like in this group, and I think that's the exciting thing uh, to get this many guys on campus the first weekend of March because – this is kind of an opportunity to build some relationships, even from guys you might not get a, you know, get a commitment from. So th- th- that's what I'm curious to see is, is where do things go from here with some of these guys that you build relationships with? How do some of these guys on staff that are new, uh, whether that's Clay McGuire or that's Kevin Johns or that's you know Clay Jennings or Brett Dewhurst or, or anybody that's new on staff, uh, you know, what do they kind of bring to the table here? And, and I think we'll find some of that out here in the next couple of weeks. So I, I guess, Matt, just kind of with that, want to kind of close this thing out. Anything uh, else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> Um, it, I mean, March is going to be a big month, right? We, I think yeah. we've seen that with Texas Tech recruiting. We've seen these months where they spike 
so for me, it's either going to be March or April. Yeah. And what's exciting for me is we've turned the page, right? Say what you want about 2018. You got a new staff in place. We talked about how it's finalized today. You're having a pretty impressive junior day. And we probably don't even have the whole list of guys on there right now. Um, what Will and I have decided is we're going to wait till this junior day is over with. And then before Rivals Camp, as part of our preparation for Rivals Camp, we'll sit down and, and we'll put together a more in-depth board for our users, you know, outside of the free version that we've put together. Because we want to include targets. We want to detail some top targets. And, um, you know, a really cool thing we've been able to do is share content with some of the other site producers and uh, publishers to see, you know, how are they doing their big board? Uh, how can we bring back the hot, medium, cold kind of feature? And so I think we've got some really cool ideas and some cool yeah. things coming for you guys. Um, and, and even some more things coming to Red Raider Sports that are going to be new and, and inventive. So the things that I'm excited about, um, you know, because I think we can both agree there towards the end of the 2018 class got to be a little bit of a snoozer. So now we're, yeah. yeah, now we're, now we're back to, uh, you know, learning new guys, watching tape, as you said, and, and getting to see some of these guys in action. So. I'll be interested to see, you know, maybe next week when we get on this and talk about recruiting. But I'd, I'd really love to get your feedback on the open, uh, I guess, the open period, for lack of a better term, uh, on on this end for for the the spring practices. Right? You know, yeah. what have you seen? What pictures were you able to grab? Uh, what caught your eye? What have the coaches said? And and it's all hearsay. It's all going to be brand new. Uh, but as we kind of touched on earlier in the podcast. You know, who's out there? What are these guys doing? Who's sitting out? You know, well, who are some guys that maybe we weren't aware of? And uh, and that'll be pretty interesting to me. Yep. All of it will be very, very fun. So, once again, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. See ya.